and pray for me that I could share the word exactly the way the Holy Spirit wants to bring to you. But I also pray that you would have ears to hear the things that God wants you to hear. Here's a question I think that we should always ask is, what is God saying to me today? What is God saying to me in the message that is brought to me? What did God say to you during worship? You know, when Pastor Dan comes up, he, he memorizes so many scripture and he proclaims things, led of the Holy Spirit. What is God saying to you when the word is proclaimed to you? And today we're going to really dive into something I believe is one of the most, they're all important, but one of the most important aspects of kingdom living and living for Jesus and allowing Jesus Christ to be Lord of our lives. Now, all of you remember the seven areas we will break through in 2021 and 2022. I firmly believe the lifestyle, the choice that we make, because God has already made this choice to relate to you. He's already made a choice to spend time with you. And he's asking you and me, to make that same choice to spend time not only with him, but with each other. And we're going to learn about that, but just let's just go ahead and, and allow ourselves to think through those, remember those two personal things? There's breakthrough happening right now. God is doing something very special in all of our lives at Valley Community. Uh, this afternoon when they meet, this evening when we meet, the children, the youth across the way, everything that is manifesting, God is doing something unique. So again, what is God saying to you? But before we dive into the Word of God, we have a very special guest with us, Pastor Dan Doherty, and uh, he pastored in the San Diego area and pastored for many years there, and then I gave the church to a, another gentleman and began to move into a realm of discipleship ministry. And I could use a lot of terms of what he is doing. Basically, he is an anointed man of God and uh, just has heard the voice of the Holy Spirit and is moving in a mighty way, he and his wife, uh, to do some things that are very uh, particular, especially with men. And so all the men, I want you to understand that uh, in a couple of weeks, I'll be meeting with him uh, again. I'll be driving out to where he lives, and we will be discussing more of, uh, I, I really don't want to call it a program, but I think an anointed presence of God that God's going to do in today's day. This is part of our 2021 and 2022 breakthrough, especially with us men. You ladies, you're meeting now, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night. Ladies, you got to get there. You got to make a way to get there. Husbands, get them there. I'd like to say kick them out of the house. Don't kick them out of the house. Just lead them there. Give them some spending money, whatever it takes to have them come and uh, to learn and to grow in the things of the Lord. Because what is happening is discipleship is manifesting at Valley Community Church. 
I am going to ask Pastor Dan if you wouldn't mind standing just for a moment. And uh, we're going to be talking about the fourth foundation of the elementary principles of laying out of hands. And so I'm going to ask for Pastor Nolan and uh, those around Pastor Dan, uh, when we begin to pray, we're going to pray for Pastor Dan and his wife, and we're going to pray over this ministry that I believe is going to be one of those things five years from now, we're going to look back and see nationwide and worldwide this ministry that is so biblical going to just explode and it's going to go everywhere. And it's bigger than Pastor Dan. We've talked about that, but I believe it's powerful. And Valley Community, part of our DNA is releasing ministry. And that's what we've done in a lot of churches. And matter of fact, how many of you remember Benji and Jen? When they left here, they they felt they were supposed to go towards San Diego. Well, guess where they went? They became Pastor Dan's youth pastor. And uh, so, small world, huh? So this is, this is the relationship that happens when you understand the laying on of hands. So let's, let's pray for Pastor Dan. Father, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is upon my brother. Lord, he is well known in this area. God, he is uh, well versed in Scripture. He is anointed of the Holy Spirit. His wife is doing things worldwide. Lord, I thank you that as we pray for him, there has been a release already, but we stand in the midst with what you've gifted us at Valley, and we say, in Jesus' name, Pastor Dan, you receive everything that God has planned for you in the future. It is a done deal, and I thank you, Lord, for bringing more people, more finances to be able to secure everything that you've put in his heart. And we thank you, Lord, that you protect him as he travels around the world. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Yes. Thank you for being here, Pastor Dan. It was a great, great privilege to greet you this morning. Well, we've been talking about the breakthroughs, and you see the signs that are in front of you. And I firmly believe that when God has already done this, and Jesus and the disciples already showed us how to relate kingdom principles. But what I'm asking you is to hear my message today and say, what decisions do I need to make today, not tomorrow, not next week, today, to begin to move in the realm of the laying on of hands and which is, as we're going to read in Hebrews 6, uh, an essential foundation of our walk with God. So as we continue this, let's read out of Hebrews 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, plural, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. So remember we talked about that as we become stabilized, our foundation is stable, 
that God green tags us to move forward into the destiny that he has given us. We found out the first, repentance from dead works, is that we finally make Jesus Christ really the Lord of everything in our life. I do nothing without God's leading and his word. The second foundation is faith towards God, that we get a lifestyle that he is my father and I trust him in everything. Remember we talked about father hurt and, and at times some of us in our faith and trusting, we have difficulty, but there is a breakthrough in that reality of faith lifestyle that we trust him also. The third, the doctrine of baptisms, plural. Uh, we talked and discussed to you the importance of water baptism and the power of the cutting away of the flesh so that we don't battle sin like we used to. And I made this statement that I believe firmly, according to the word of God, that those that have not been water baptized struggle more with sin than those that have been water baptized because there is a spiritual thing that takes place the covenant of cutting away of flesh from your heart. And then next week, we're going to begin talking about the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So next week will be a powerful time as we see uh, more people recognizing the revelation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So today, let's talk about the fourth foundation. And the fourth foundation is, again, laying on of hands. So here's a question that we have. How does laying on of hands relate to relationships? Because laying on the hands is the heart of God. God is love, and the expression of that love is the laying on of hands. So let me say it this way and give you an answer to the question is, in my opinion, according to the Word of God, everything in the kingdom of God is relationally transferred. Everything that you experience, everything that you will experience, will be transferred in you or others because of you, because of relationship. Now, there are many things the Lord won't do in my life unless I'm relationally connected with other believers. We're going to get down to the basics of discipleship in this message, but the premium in the kingdom of God is relationship. Jesus came to restore that relationship, and he wants you to show the love of God by relating with each other. So God is interested in, listen, relationships and not convenient relationships but into committed relationships. You know, in my life, I've done stupid stuff. But if you're committed to me, my stupid stuff won't mess with our relationship. That you have done things in life that maybe have offended. Maybe you've done things in sin. But that doesn't change the relationship love and passion that we have for each other. The problem is that people are interested in convenient relationships, and every time things go haywire or wrong, they run. So 
committed relationships is the picture of the church. If you want a breakthrough in every area that we're talking about here, then we need to understand God's heart regarding laying on of hands. God wants us in committed relationships with him, with our family, and with the body of Christ. And once that takes place, then there's an automatic that we relate with the world even though they're different to, in us than us. That we can go out and love people when sometimes they're unlovable because they're acting out in their life the pain and the struggle that they're having because they don't know the love of Jesus. See, if we don't, what God wants to do through us won't happen. Loneliness is an epidemic in America today. And when I say this next statement, I want all the young people, you got to know, I got your back as your pastor. To the young people, I got your back. I believe in you. Last week I told everybody, you're smarter than me. And you have a desire of discipleship. You have a desire of someone mentoring you. But this world does not teach you what they have taught you and me as a whole is electronic relationships are the real thing. They are not real. Here is uh, the, the Pew Research, which I, I will read from them a lot because they don't have biases, either or. And they, they wrote this in their study. A smartphone ownership has become almost a part of human anatomy in our young people. 95% of teens now report they have a smartphone or access to one. These mobile connections are in turn fueling more persistent online activities. Then they say 45% of teens now say they are online on a near constant basis. This overexposure creates higher levels of depression, unrealistic desires of a lifestyle, body dysmorphic disorders. In other words, they begin to cut. They want their body to change. They're changing all kinds of things because they look on the phone, and you know someone's going to do a selfie. Most of the time, their selfies is their hair's perfect, their makeup's perfect, Everything's perfect. And so it creates a dysmorphic disorder and deeply impacts mental health. So if you can't touch it, we're talking about laying on of hands. If you can't touch it, it's not real. Let me give you an explanation of years ago before the phones uh, became the realistic Thing in everybody's life. I went to Knott's Berry Farm. It's one of those Christian nights. And a very famous couple got on the same ride that I got on. And it was, it was great because I see him on TV all the time. The gentleman said hello to me and was very pleasant to me. And he and I were talking. 
But the woman looked away, and her face said to me, what are you doing on this ride with me? So the next day, I was at home, and I went on TV, and the same woman had alligator tears going down her cheek, saying, I just love everybody. A tweet, a selfie, we use it. We can use it, but it's not real. Because again, the hair is perfect, the clothes are in perfect shape. But in this couple, because I knew background stuff, they were fighting with everyone until the camera pointed to them. And let me just tell you, that is absolute nonsense. I don't carry a grudge. I didn't want to write this down. But when I was doing the sermon a couple months ago, the Holy Spirit said, share this with them. I prayed for those people. I love those people. I thank God for what God did through them in all their faults. But the reality, what you see, is not really what it is until you touch it. What you receive is not going to be God-powerful unless you've been touched or you've touched someone else. That's the heart of God. That is the doctrine and the foundation of laying on of hands. Do you have people in your life that are touching you, that are connected with you? Watching online right now, if you're sitting there and there's someone with you, just grab their hand. It's important that you're with one another and you're speaking into one another in relationship. We are designed by God and that's what we need, flesh and blood relationships. Everything great God will do in you also will be done through relationship. Relationship with him, relationship with one another, relationship with your family. So there are seven things that Scripture shows us that were transferred by Jesus and the early church through the laying on of hands, and that is for today also. We are to lay hands on one another. That's why I say this, COVID is evil. It wanted to separate the church, and it's not going to separate you and me because we are brothers and sisters. We gather together. We're family, and we need to recognize that. And some of you have a difficult time with this, and you have a difficult time with relationship because you're thinking, this is my personality. This is where it is. Let me tell you, there's an anointing in you that can relate to people. There's an anointing in you by God himself that uses you to bring blessings to people's lives. You are important in the kingdom of God, but it takes that relationship. So the first transferred thing that happens through laying on of hands is healing. Luke 4:40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on 
some of them, what does it say? Every one of them and healed them. You know, years ago, um, before some of you were born, charismatic movement, uh, and I'm not coming against this because I know that the power of God is so strong that we can't stand. But you'd have people that would pray, and, and, but they would stay away from everybody, and they would just pray, and all of a sudden everybody, like a wave, would fall over. Well, I'm telling you, that can happen. But you know what God wants? He wants us to touch people. When I would pray for people and do conventions and conferences and, and camps, whatever, I would make a way around everyone and touch everybody that I could or have others, like the elders, touching them and praying over there and transferring the healing power of God because that's how Jesus did it. See, I'm not the healer, Jesus is. But he's given me the authority and the power to lay hands and transfer that power in other people's lives. So it says that Jesus laid hands on everybody. They were healed. So family, let's take time. We're going to have these breakthroughs. Let's take time to touch each other. James 5, verse 14 and 15, we all know that. We quote it all the time. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. In other words, the sick make a point to come to those to lay hands on them. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Oh, the power of relationship, the power of touching. Sometimes your healing won't come because you didn't ask someone else to pray over you, to touch you. Why do we do that? Here it is. Humility and connection. Church family, I can't do everything for my life. I need you. I need people around me to speak into me, to pray over me, to be in agreement with me, and even at times to correct me. Humility and connection. God doesn't want us to be ourselves, lonely. And we have made it a point to do that in, even in church, to uh, run from discipleship, run from getting to know one another. Because if we hang out with each other and, and we go to these things, maybe someone's going to know stuff that I don't want them to know. Well, maybe they will know that. But you know, we need to be big enough to love people even in their times of hurt. Did you know the wolf looks for the lone sheep as his prey? God wants us together as a flock, ministering to each other and touching each other in relationships. Here's the second transference. Blessing was transferred by laying on of hands. Mark 10, verse 13. Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. What? Touching. Relationship. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter in. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God 
as a little child that hugs and, and touches all the time, even with Snickers candy on their hands. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Laid his hands on them and blessed them. In the Old Testament, patriarchs would lay their hands on their children and bless them. Today, parents, you need to do the same thing. I do it all the time with my kids. Sometimes they don't even know I'm doing it. I'll just pat them on the back, walk by them, and then I'll just say in Jesus' name the blessings of the Lord all over you. Children, young people, you need to desire and receive that also. God blesses through family. When you're a believer, your hands are powerful. When you're a believer, your hands are very powerful. As parents or leaders, whoever you are blessing is transferred by laying on of hands. Here's the third. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Next week, we're going to begin talking about that. Acts 8. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. It talked about water baptism and now they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and there were tongues in there. The fourth, giftings. Did you know some of you were born with giftings? And when I say some, some of you maybe haven't realized it, but really all of you have giftings from God when you were born. God planned it in, in your mother's womb, as we read last week. But there are some giftings you will never receive unless you submit to human authority, spiritual authority. And they pray over you and impart those gifts to you. It's called discipleship. It's called getting to a place in your life that you realize in relationship you need others that know you, that can speak into your life, that will lay hands on you and release and impart gifts because they see those gifts in you. I can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit has spoken to me as a leader, as a pastor, and, and prophetic, moving in the prophetic, and I've seen young people at, at the Bible college, all kind when I spoke there, and I see a, a, a person walking by me, a, a student, and, and I'll just go to them and say, hey, hold on a second, you got a moment? I said, yeah. I said, you know, the Lord's really saying this to me. And they begin to weep because the Lord had already said it to them. But at that time, I laid hands on them, and I imparted what God had said to them that he was going to do for them in the future. And when we understand that in discipleship and relationship, we will begin to see each other as the way God sees and will encourage and by blessing, laying on of hands, will release one another to the greater things of the kingdom of God. I need you, you need me. And you need each other. Many times God will tell Many of you to speak into someone's life, you go, well, no, I'm, you know, I'm not a pastor. 
Titles will rip you off. Lifestyle of relationship, of love, will send you into greater heights and breakthroughs in every area of your life. Here's the fifth. Authority. Uh Uh-oh. Acts chapter 6. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution, administration problem. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. In other words, there are people that are to teach the word of God, and if they're busy doing everything else, then they can't really study and hear God and teach the word of God. So there are other people that aren't really teaching the word of God. They're living it, but they're to serve other people. So therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's why I get here at 6.30 in the morning, because I'm on my face before God. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip and all those hard names. Verse 6, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Are you seeing that? They conferred authority over the seven men. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 21. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's uh, sins. Keep yourself pure. In other words, someone gets offended, don't you get offended with them. Don't you join into their sin. Even if they're right, but they're offended, they're wrong. Don't lay hands hastily means don't give authority away because you know a person until you know the person. Make sure a person is tested before you lay hands on them. So there needs to be respect for authority. Today's world, even when I was uh, in my 20s and 30s, they were coming against authorities, coming against all that because that's wrong, that's wrong. No, it's scriptural, and it is actually transferred through relationship. These are those who seek position or fame, and they don't want to serve, that create problems with authority. See, there's nothing wrong with the authority that's wrong with some people who've been given authority. That's the problem. There's nothing wrong with kingdom authority. There's nothing wrong with you respecting me as your pastor. There's nothing wrong with me respecting you and what God's called you to do. We're to respect one another, love one another, encourage one another, lay hands on one another, relate with one another. And in a deeper way, what we're going to talk about in the sixth, the sixth foundation of this is, of transference, is spiritual covering. Spiritual covering, Acts chapter 13, verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Authority is a covering. Paul and Barnabas just didn't get an idea and go. 
Paul and Barnabas waited, came under authority, and were released by authority to be authority. And because of that relationship, that discipleship, Paul and Barnabas were sent out by the church at Antioch. And they went out and did great things for the kingdom of God. And I'm just going to tell you this. The Bible didn't say this in between the lines. But I'm just telling you, if Paul and Barnabas did not do the process of discipleship and coming under a covering, they wouldn't have been able to do what God wanted them to do. It's a process. And sometimes we learned a few weeks ago, a process can be very ugly. It can be... uh, just dirty. It can be just you're, you're facing things and messing around and stuff happens and old stuff of hurts come up while you're in the process and you want to run, but you don't run. You stay, what do we say? Faithful. So the church fasted and prayed and then sent them out. See, church family, this is an evil world and the devil wants to take you out. Why does the enemy, here's a question, why does the enemy have an effect on some and not others? Because of coming under covering. Because of discipleship. Because you fall in love with those that are over you. Another great difficulty in our world today, uh, it's been forever, is correction. You know, I don't like what he said. I don't agree with that. Well, the word said it, but I don't agree with that because it's how I feel. And, and the reality is, is, is if, if I live my life with not having someone over me, not a Lord, not a master in the human realm, I have only one Lord and his name is Jesus Christ. But the reality, <clears throat> because I functioned under a covering that God's blessing just flowed and I had great breakthroughs through the years. So you will lack authority in some areas of your life till someone lays their hands on you and sets you in authority, but it comes through relationship, discipleship, and submission to a covering. Hmm, wow. Authority is covering like a roof in a hailstorm. If you step out from under the roof, you're going to get plastered with the hail. And we need to recognize this is what God has set apart. Why? Because he loves you and he wants to protect you. He wants to protect you. Some of us are, are watching what's going on in our world today, and it can bring fear because that's the projection of a lot of things said is fear. And I'm saying to you, come under the covering. So when we have the smaller groups like women's ministries, men's ministries, uh, OSL discipleship, all the different things, get under that covering. Begin to grow, be discipled. When we begin to to have a, do it again. We tried before, but we didn't understand it. We're going to go to small groups, and we're going to find out. You're, some of you are going to open up your apartments, your homes, 
uh, or go to a park and, and you're going to spend time because we live in California. We could do this year-round outside. And, and you, you do that. You say, well, my house isn't big enough. Well, you're big enough in your heart and, and be with people. Well, let's go to the seventh now. Apostolic governance. You know, Jesus could have had 1,200 disciples. I mean, Jesus was perfect. He, if anybody could have done it, he could have done it. But you know how many he had? 12. And after the ones that were left, even some he appointed didn't work out. Twelve disciples became apostles. Why didn't he have more? Here's my statement to you. Jesus came to show you the kingdom. Jesus came to show you how to live in the kingdom of God. Jesus could have had 1,200, but he showed you what you could do. That most of us can have no more than 12 close, strong, close, functional relationships with people that are close. That's why small groups are so important, that we can relate with one another. We can, we can talk about stuff. But, but see, a lot of times you get small groups, you have two people talking and 10 people telling their problems. That's not, no. You, you, you begin to encourage one another, lay hands on each other, relate with each other, disciple each other, encourage. There are people in our church that are so smart in areas of business, and I am so, it's way above my league. I mean, I, at times if I allow it to, when I step out in areas I'm not really secure in, I can get scared. But I'm not scared because I understand relationship and I run to someone who knows. And they speak into me. And I say, well, I've done this. Oh, pastor, maybe you should do it, should do it this way. Really? Okay, I'm, I'm with you. Because I know who they are. I know their spiritual uh, maturity in, in life. And I submit my life in areas to them. Because why? It is, there's an authority, there's a governance that God sets apart. And it happens in discipleship. Jesus poured himself into the 12 men through the laying on of hands and personal relationship is the key. So these two foundations that we just talked about last week and today, laying on of hands and water baptism is so important. So First Sunday, second Sunday of December, if you have not been water baptized, and let me say this, if you've been water baptized or sprinkled when you were a baby, um, I don't come against anything because I know that I've uh, had someone that had a major, major disease that at the time you weren't supposed to be around them. And so what I did is I, years ago, decades ago, I masked up and I sprinkled them because I couldn't handle them, and I sprinkled them. And I think, I think God, you know, didn't go, oh, sprinkled them. Gee, I ain't touching that with a 10-foot, no. He understood the heart, but let me tell you, my question to you is, 
Did you understand the heart when you were water baptized? Did you understand what it really was about? Or was it, and when I say this, I'm not knocking anything. Was it just a religious experience? See, it's really about relationship. Everything God will do in your life is through relationship and connection. Everything. So, what I want to say in closing, get and stay connected and be discipled. Stay connected. Don't let the enemy come in and cause you to, well, I don't like the color of their dress. I'm not coming anymore. Just, just see, we got to get past the foundations. We got to get that secure foundation so God can build the superstructure of our destiny in our life. That's what God's telling us today. To those that are online, stay connected with others. Until you're able to come and fellowship with us, or if you're watching from around the world, which many of you are, I want you to recognize, stay connected to your church. Stay connected to people in your life because that will take you to heights that you've never dreamed of. God is about relationships. Let's all stand.